Welcome to this episode of Around the Circuit, an electrical wholesaling podcast. I'm Ellie Coggins, Associate Editor, and I'm here again with Editor-in-Chief Jim Lucy. He goes in-depth on this year's Top 200 rankings, the major role coronavirus is having on distributors, and a look back on the resiliency of this industry. Electrical wholesaling has been ranking the uh, largest electrical distributors actually since the mid 1970s. Actually, about almost about 10 years before I started with the magazine in 1982. Uh, back then, it was the top 100, and uh, it, for many years after that, it we bump, bumped it up to the top 250. The idea back then was there's the uh, Fortune magazine, as their Fortune 500 is very famous, and uh, the marketing department for electrical wholesaling East and I said, hey, why don't you make it half the Fortune 500? That's a good number. So we settled and kept it at 250 companies for many, many years. I think almost probably until like the last 10 years. And really, we, we brought it down to 200 because with all the acquisitions in the business, it's gotten harder and harder to get enough independent companies that are willing to uh, give us the information on the uh, on, on, you know on their, on their own company. So, but it's a good measuring stick, you know, for you know what. To, it, along with getting the, the action, just the specifically the revenue numbers and how many branches they have and companies. We always ask people a lot of questions about what are the, some of the major trends they're seeing, what's new with their company. It's really a great way to learn about what's going on with, with the business. And uh, you know, we, it's, I've always found it quite interesting, even now with our, we have the two, the, the 200 companies that we try to provide uh, data or estimates for. And you know, we normally get about three quarters of them uh, companies will give us their uh, sales numbers. Mostly, most of them privately held. They don't have to do that, and many of them do put it in um, uh, for confidential. They don't want it. They just use it for ranking purposes only. But at least we have an accurate way of uh, put, placing them on the list. So, yeah, it, it's been a good resource. I mean, I get questions not only from you know manufacturers or other distributors. Hey, trying. Hey, can I get an early look? I want to see that early. Can you send it along? But we certainly uh, get also get questions from you know different industry analysts stock analysts and different different folks so it's a it really has quite a long uh, reach i guess you could say there's people looking at the top 200 that you might not normally think are uh are reading it the one question that i always get a lot of about the top 200 is there is there a change in the percentage of the of the industry sales that the five largest distributors account for the and mm-hmm. and the, the five largest being sonopar wesco graybar ced and rexel and our best uh, estimate uh, they, that they combined for uh, last year, 2019, that they had about $39 billion worth of sales. It's about, so right around that thir- you know, 30, 40% of uh, revenues. It, it definitely has increased. Uh, when we, and when you add in next year, when we add in Annexter, they'll have an even larger case. So that is definitely uh, quite, quite a, a good chunk by five uh, different types of companies, really. But. I guess the one thing that I'm really uh, particularly amazed at, uh, well, one thing for sorry, just on a strict uh, acquisition basis, the, the, as when they are officially their uh, company bonded together with uh, Wesco, the acquisition of Annexter will put them uh, as the very largest distributor. And that's a very big move. Um, you know, Wesco itself is very interesting in that uh, for the most part, when they've made or acquisitions, very often it's in a specialty. It might be uh, one a while back, they bought a company called Communication Supply. They were very much into uh, computer and internet cabling for very large office types of things. They bought in a utility market, in, a, in um, oh, integrated supply. They bought, and then they'll, they'll buy some of the companies that are very industrial. So they, they always have a, uh, not a method to their madness, but just basically, it's not just a general run-of-the-mill full-line company. They, uh, they'll get companies that are really well-known in a particular as is Annexter in the uh, uh, wire and cable. So, you know, as far as a, a, a big news type of thing, that is something that'll shift the 
uh, top 200 uh, quite a bit, I think. Uh, but, but that'll probably come more into effect uh, next year because it wasn't finalized until this year. So next year, we'll, we'll reflect that. Uh, the other thing that is uh, certainly that we continually are amazed at how many new branches uh, City Electric Supply has set up. Uh, they're well over 500 branches now. And even though they are historically had been a company that didn't like to talk a lot about what they were doing in the U.S. market, they uh, certainly have a full-on uh, public relations and marketing effort. Every time they do uh, set up a new branch, they give some really, I think, really good detail about that. Why did they set that branch up in the market? What's the background of the branch manager there? What are the customers? And you really get a sense of, you know, where they're going out and uh, wh where they're specializing in. So I think that's a, I find them to be uh, quite interesting as well since the uh, top 200 was researched in the middle of the uh, coronavirus, the first wave, uh, there was a lot of discussion in the responses about uh, having to not being able to make sales calls to the customers and having to come up with some innovative ways of kind of keeping their products in, in front of the, uh, the customers. And you know, they did that with the virtual sales calls, whether it be a, using a Zoom or the other teleconferencing or just doing things just out in the parking lot, whether it's kind of a lunch, lunch and learn, having bringing pizzas and just having people, you know, learn about a product or whatever. So, and that, that's continuing, but I think, um, and it was actually one of the uh, folks from uh, Springfield Electric Supply said, it's really going to, I thought it was very uh, telling. He said, I think this the coronavirus is really going to shift the whole kind of equation on how distributors look at their sales efforts into a more virtual sales effort. I mean, it was it's always been an industry where it was all based on the person-to-person uh, -person sales call, uh, distributor salespeople going out calling on you know, very often electrical contract or, or an inside salesperson, kind of the technical whiz in the, in the office that is used that will uh, call someone and deal, have the relationship over the phone. So I think it's going to really change on how, how that's all done and how much contact that they will uh, have in the future. So I think that's going to be a very big, big piece of the heaps of it going forward. The other big, uh, comments that came through loud and clear from a number of different respondents was the whole question of business travel. I mean, our industry uh, really more than on the end user side, uh, distributors and reps are, you know, very, you kind of see each other, I always call it the electrical circuit. It might be the NAD meetings, it might be the buying marketing group meetings or the number rep meetings. You know, they're out in the market together. It's, it's a small enough business that you kind of know who the, you get to know who the players are. Uh, a big market like the end user market, like electrical contractors, if you go to the uh, NECA meeting, you might not see the same people there. You don't really, it, it's a different type of a feel. But um, anyway, it just, people are really starting to think geez, I don't really well, I don't feel comfortable going myself or sending my group of people to an industry meeting until the vaccine is out. And that's going to really change things on how people kind of get together. The inter like a lot of times, a lot of those meetings, really, a lot of what really goes on um, is when the salespeople will meet one-on-one -on -one with the distributor executives and they'll, they'll put together their sales plans for the year. They'll say, hey, I, how'd you do is use it as kind of a, a, meet, a quarterly meeting, perhaps, and say, well, how are you doing this year on sales? Where do you need help with this or that? And, you know, this marketing thing, how's pricing on this? So, you know, that face to, a lot of the industry relationships are definitely built on the face-to-face -face meetings that go on. Uh, at these events, it, you know, certainly some of it uh, is, you know, it's, it's the golf, it's the fun stuff, it's the cocktail parties, and it's, it's very informal, but really the, the nuts and bolts of a lot of it is just them getting together, you know, in, a, a, in the case of a number rep, a person rep, he'll go to that meeting and they'll have maybe 15, 20 meetings with different manufacturers, one-on-one -on -one meetings with about, you know, could be up to an hour long. That's all, you know, they, they go all in one place because it's a lot 
more time efficient than having to you know, travel to all those headquarters and they get a little more out of it than if it was all over the phone. So, but that's gonna that's gonna change. And I know the you know many of the different uh, industry associations are doing virtual trying virtual meetings, Zoom meetings because they just don't uh, don't see it happening. So it does make you wonder if people get out of the habit of doing that. I mean, it used to be. I mean, even there's been a kind of a transition, I think, with the industry uh, meetings, particularly with NADs, where there was an awful lot of golf and that kind of stuff and you know, going on. I don't know if it's as big a part of it as it had been. I mean, I certainly enjoyed a lot of that our end of the business myself over the years, but I think it was starting to wane a little bit. And I think it was more people got out there, they did their business, they got in, they got out. If they wanted to do something, they maybe tacked another day on or something like that. So I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see the, the business travel element of it is going to, and certainly on the local level, you know, in a local market, if they're going to be able to get into a chance to see a different customers and all, I think that's going to be uh, big as well. But yeah, business travel and the uh, virtual sales are the two things that kind of came through loud and clear, I think. When I think back, I mean, I've been covering the industry for getting close to 40 years now. And, you know, there's been times when they, there was new competitor was on the scene and they said, oh, this is it. This is the death blow. This is going to knock the, the, the small, the family owned distributor out of business. At one point, it was it was uh, Home Depot and home centers. I said, "Oh, they're these guys are huge. They can sell at this price. They're gonna, you know, they're much bigger." Of course, they'll, and that didn't quite happen. Distributors kind of saw how they did business, learned from it, and kind of took it from there. Uh, the other thing that was you know, right not too far after when that that wave was certainly the uh, dot com era, where you had a lot of. Uh, folks, uh, a lot of fairly young people that had MBAs from really fine schools and lots of money behind them. And they said, hey, we're going to disintermediate the electrical distributor. It's all about buying direct. We can have a website and we'll be able to go around the distributor and we'll go right to the contractor. And they burned, you know, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars with various different online purchasing sites that were supposed to put distributors out of business. So, uh, you know, that was certainly the case, you know. Then, you know, in more recent times, 2008, we had the Great Recession, 2008, 2010, and you kept thinking, well, maybe this is the time when a lot of companies go bankrupt or they drive them out of business. And, you know, it didn't really happen. It's really, it's really kind of amazing how few distributors have really gone Chapter 11 bankruptcy over the years. Uh, it's it's not, not been a big factor. Uh, you, you certainly a, a bigger factor is, you know, certainly been the merged acquisitions, but that's been a case, you know, going back to the, for, for longer than I've been in the business for sure. But, uh, but no, I think, uh, you know, they've been, I, that's the way I kind of look at it. They've been through other challenges, the basic business model, you still need to have local inventory. You have to have, you know, you, we always say, you know, sell the right product, have the right mix of products uh, at the right price and at the right and deliver them at the right time and, you know, do the business the right way and you'll, you'll do okay. You know, you're, you're, you know, the customers is really for all that's going on with Amazon business and how much the clout that they could have on pricing and things. Uh, they really don't know the customers. They don't, they, there's not someone to call necessarily at Amazon always that can help you out with a technical question or whatever. They, they don't, uh, they're getting a lot better with these warehouses having maybe some local inventory. So, but I think that that's the one now too. People say, Oh, Amazon business is going to put us out. Uh, no, probably not. I mean, there's a lot of good, better, they've got a lot better reasons, I think, uh, for, for customers to be continuing to go with distributors. It'll take some business. I mean, we're not, uh, not blind to what they could do, but uh, I think that'll be one of the next waves, certainly the coronavirus as well. But uh, I don't see either of these as knockout blows. And I hope certainly when, you know, when they get the, some sort of vaccine put together and, and things get back to some sort of normal well, distributors, I think will, uh, you know, they'll be, yeah, it's, it's, it's consolidating business. We see that every year in the top 200, it's there's some years where we'll have 10 distributors from the previous listing 
uh, that are required. I mean, that'll continue. I, this, this year did not happen to have been as many, but I think you'll continue to see acquisitions uh, and I, it'll just, but I think you do occasionally see some new companies come up, up, up to the ranks and kind of replenish things. So I think it'll be uh, always interesting to watch. And I think it's a good, the top 200 will remain a good reflection of the industry, I think. Thanks for tuning into this episode. For more information on the 2020 Top 200 or to see past year's rankings, please visit ewweb.com. That's ewweb.com. This podcast is produced by Electrical Wholesaling Magazine and edited by Ellie Coggins. <laughs>